0: no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details hello everybody and welcome to late night football welcome to another episode i mean it's been it's been an interesting 24 hours hasn't it but uh, the title of the video says it all i mean the esl dead in the water people think uh, that's what's happening but it's been it's been an interesting 24 hours uh, as my camera continues to act up for some reason but i mean what a time what a time uh, we have seen uh, it began with my, uh, Chelsea uh, get backing out of the European Super League. Uh, you know what? I actually feel bad for Jose Mourinho because I was actually supposed to do a video on Jose Mourinho getting sacked. And uh, now we're not going to do that today either. We're not going to be able to do that. But I mean, Chelsea backed out uh, to be in things. Uh, and obviously, a lot of pressure. And then Manchester City backed out. And now we know that Barcelona and Atletico Madrid are probably also going to back out. Not confirmed at the time of this being recorded. That might change as the day goes. But uh, there are rumors, strong rumors that those two also are backing out. And uh, I mean, there's also reports that Manchester United will also back out. So those are unconfirmed as of this point at the time that I'm recording this. That might change by the time that you see this. That might change by the time uh, you, uh, uh, you know, by the time, you know, in a day or two, you might change. So keep an eye out for that. But I mean, the fallout is starting to happen. It's, 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 it's happening and it's, it's going forward. And I mean, to tell you the truth, this is just, uh, it me as such because Chelsea and Manchester City don't really need the money. Right? They're not in they're not in football for the money. They're more about you know, we're not gonna change our opinion on that. The fact is that they are in it to watch the image and they need their fans to be on, on their side for that to happen. Maybe Roman and Brahman should less, but uh, for them, very really, football isn't about making money. It's about mm-hmm. uh, Finding a way, you know, to connect with the fans, making sure that, you know, there's a positive image of their regime and and of of their uh, personal brand and personal image. So it makes sense that they, you know, when the fan backlash happened, that they would back out because they don't want a negative fan reaction to anything that they do. So they, you know, it makes sense that they would would back out of it and uh, doesn't surprise me as much, but at the same time, it's it's a a good move. Nonetheless, I think you have to credit that, that it was a good move. It takes courage to be the first person. To to you know to to say that something's wrong and to understand that they made a mistake and, and and Chelsea and Manchester City uh, applaud get my applause for that obviously for for doing that uh, and then you know the, it's about like a dominoes right one falls and all the others sort of start in the line and there's so many things that have happened since then I mean there's already uh, Manchester United Edward Ed Wood has resigned uh, from his post not uh, officially nothing to do with the ESL but I do think that they, that played a part because I, I think Um, The Glazers were probably looking for a scapegoat and uh, Edward Wood fits that bill, right? I mean, he was probably resigning anyway. And I think the Glazers kind of knew that this will be a positive spin story that they can put out that, you know, hey, guess what? Edward Wood is leaving, you know, and so uh, to to blow this whole ESL fiasco like how Tottenham did it yesterday, with, with tried to do it yesterday with Jose Mourinho. Now I think United uh, did the same. So they're like, okay, well, yes, there's a fiasco, but hey, guess what? Glazer's also leaving. So here yeah, you can have a bone. So I think that's probably what it is more about. But still, you know, again, a positive outcome. Uh, there's one thing at Woodward was an incompetent uh, person doing a job that he had no no business doing. Uh, and, um, you know, his only qualification was the fact that he can make lots and lots of money by hoarding out a brand, which is what he was doing at Manchester United. And, uh, you know, that that... that that shouldn't really qualify you to be running a football club. Uh, you know, we've been sole charge of running a football club, but unfortunately modern football is that way. So, but anyway, he's going to be leaving. That's, that's you know, that's an awesome news for Manchester United fans, like myself, uh, absolutely perfect. And then you've got um, André Agnelli, who's also resigned as president of Juventus. And I mean, that's the big one. That is the big one. Agnelli, uh, you know, there's so many things that one can say about a person. And yet, you know, sometimes it just feels better not to say anything because you really don't want to. And I think Andrea nearly for me. I mean, I, I, over the last year I've, I've read quotes, I've heard what he has said, and he just sounds such a stupid moron. I mean, I you know, I, I apologize for anybody who thinks that, so, but he just sounds like a stupid moron. And you just wonder how these people get in charge of these clubs. How are these people running? How are these people qualified to run multi-billion dollar companies, right? That's what clubs are multi-billion dollar enterprises. How are they even in charge of that? And how does, how could anyone imagine that these guys could ever, um, you know run a, a billion dollar enterprise like a league. like how, how, how do people think that they even qualified to run it and, and how do people who support these kind of initiatives how do people even think that these guys can get it right because they can't i mean you know agnelli is incompetent joel bases is incompetent at running football things maybe that i mean Edward Wood is a fantastic uh, uh, you know a talented executive for for a, for a bank or for you know a marketing company i think he would be a fantastic fantastic person to run those kind of organizations but not for football and uh, the same you could say for Agnelli, the same you could say for the, uh, you know, for the Glazers of anybody else. And it's, it's it's staggering how people think of that. But I mean, it, it's great to hear that he's been uh, that he's resigned. And I think it was long, long overdue. I mean, some of the comments, I'm not going to go over them, but some of the comments that Agnelli has made is is, is just un- unbelievable about how um, and it illustrates how how, how greed permeates to sort of right to the top of football, like where it comes from, you know, and uh, I mean, that, that's the way it needs to be. I think I think some action needs to be t- needed to be taken, and I think it's great that we're seeing that happen. I think Florentino Perez will probably be next. I think once this idea falls apart, and it probably will, um, then you know that that's when I think even Perez will probably have to resign. I think some of the Real fans probably might be happy with that as well to see him go. Uh, but uh, that's, that's still some ways away. I think there's an emergency meeting that's happening right now between all 12 Super League clubs, and they want to decide what the future will be. But I, I yeah, I mean. Once you've got City and Chelsea out, and once you've got um, uh, Bayern PSG out already, so you've, you're looking at a ten-team league. Probably, uh, you know Manchester United would probably want to get out as well. Uh, probably. Uh, I'm expecting Barcelona, Atletico will be out as well. Then you look at seven teams. I mean, you really can't have a super league with just seven, eight teams. And and I think the big kicker is, is you know, is, is the other players. I think the players. Uh, there's reports now that Jordan Henderson came out with the tweet. Luke Shaw came out with the tweet. Marcus Rashford came out. Bruno Fernandez came out. And so many players have spoken out about it. And I heard it yesterday. Uh, Pep Guardiola has now come out as well. So I think people are now. There's a bit of a backlash that's happening. And I think I think people are realizing that because. I mean, it's 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 starting to look more and more like a negative idea, like a, like a bad idea, and I think the clubs are realising that. So I think they'll probably uh, look look at it and and try to move forward because I don't I don't see how they can move forward on it. So I, I do think it's dead in the water at this point. I do think that. Uh, that the the fans are one in some ways i think i think at times you forget that football really the main stakeholders are the fans it's not the corporate suits it's not the execs it's not the tv companies it's not the sponsors it's the fans i think sometimes it's easy to forget that and sometimes we as fans make it easy for execs to forget that as well but you know by accepting things by not making more of a voice or not using more of our voice but i think in this case people have used their voice and now they've shown that you know what There are certain lines that can't be crossed. There are certain things that you just don't do. And I think that's happened. I think we need to do more of that. We need to do more of that as fans. We need to call out certain more issues that exist in football. And there's a lot of them that exist. I think we need to call that out. And it will take time. Uh, It will take uh, a lot of uh, effort. And obviously, there's partisanship still. And there's things like that. I mean, this is not a people are calling it a united front. And it was a majority united front. But there were many fans who were pro Super League. So, you know, it wasn't necessarily completely united front. And that's sometimes what, what comes across is, is the partisanship that sort of helps these execs get away with things that they shouldn't be getting away with. But uh, I mean, where, where do we go from here? I mean, that's, that's the interesting question, isn't it? I think, um, and the first thing is looking back, uh, this is a battle one and not a war one, because I mean, for, for, for once, for younger fans, uh, and I mean, I'm young as well, but I mean, I've been hearing about, you know, that these Super League things, were, these Super League concepts uh, have been around since the 90s right since the early 90s since 1990, 1991, uh, 92 was when again I don't want to get into history but 92 was when the Champions League was formed which was a compromise to avoid a Super League so from that point on you're talking from the 90s that this has been going on and they finally made good on that threat in a certain way but uh, I mean this has been going on for the last 30 years and I think the question is has it now finally has this question finally been ended or is it now just a case of, well, you know, we've averted it and I think, I think it's more the latter. I think it's more aversion rather than um, domination. And uh, that, that means that there's going to be, uh, how do you avoid it, right? How do people, how do you avoid it? And, and there's lots of ideas of around the 50 plus one rule that should become implemented. I, I mean, there's that, there's also, you know, having a retrospective fit of proper person's test. I mean, it's, it's hard to say what the correct solution is, because if you do want to go to a 50 plus one model, that's great. But how do you implement it? You know, how do owners who invested so much money, you know, what, how are they going to get that money back? Right. Because obviously no one's going to be saying, okay, you know what, um, I have 76% of shares, for example, in this club. And fair enough, the government regulation says I have to give away 27%. That's fine. Uh, let's let somebody buy the 27% from me. Who's going to buy it? Is it the government that's going to buy it? Is it the fans that are going to buy it? Who's going to buy those 27% shares back? So, you know, I, I do think that there needs to be a little bit of hard thinking of how they're going to do that. The problem is, once you go down a certain route, uh, it's, it's very difficult to backtrack and come back to the right track. And I think we've gone too far down in one direction for it to now come back and go the other way, at least in English football. So, and Spanish, uh, you know, in English football, at least that's, it's going to be difficult. So I don't know how that's going to work. And then having uh, wealthy owners, you know, not having wealthy owners doesn't necessarily mean you can't have corrupt presidents or corrupt chairman as you have seen with, uh, with Real Madrid and Barcelona and, uh, and incompetent people that are, that are in charge of those clubs and they've uh, almost bankrupted them. So, you know, so where, you know, there's no one size fits all. There's no one rule that's gonna work. But I do think that the uh, UEFA needs to take this threat seriously. I think I think ignoring it and thinking that that's been averted, that's been done, dusted, with it's not. Um, and I, I don't know what the correct answer is. There's talk of sanctions now that they should probably be banned for a season or two, uh, that there should be some retro- retrospective action that should be taken, uh, points seductions as well have been talked about just as a deterrent. Um, and as a fan, you, you know, as a fan, it, it's, it feels kind of a punishment for the players. I, I don't think a ban is, is the right idea because I don't think the players knew about it. I don't think even the managers knew about it. So, you know, you're, 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 you're sort of um, punishing the players and the managers for something that the execs in the suits did. So I'm not sure if a ban or a, sign or a point. A point reduction probably makes sense for next season, not for this season, but for next season, maybe a point reduction makes sense. Uh, although again, it's punishing the players for something that they were not a part of. So I don't know how that works, but uh, I don't think a banning from competitions is the right way to go because the players didn't know about it and you're, you're essentially punishing players and manager. Uh, but uh, but there needs to be some kind of sanctions. I, I don't know if money is the right answer because it, you know, they, they have a lot of money uh, to throw around, but maybe may some kind of... Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Some kind of, uh, I can't even think of anything right now, but there's got, there's got to be some sort of action that needs to be taken and I'm not creative enough to come up with solutions, but there has to be some sort of uh, action that needs to be taken as a deterrent for these guys, for these greedy guys. Uh, maybe it is, you know, with, with, withholding of Champions League prize money. Maybe the, maybe the prize money that was going to be given to them for participating in the Champions League will not be given to them instead. Uh, that, that will have to be sort of, uh, that will be withheld by UFO or given to the community. Something like that to their community, so you know, it's spent on something else. Maybe something like that. Maybe that might be might be something that because then you're you're hurting the suits at their pockets. Uh, you know they already have a lot of money, but it's, it's kind of like a fine. But you're hurting them in terms of uh, future revenue. You also not uh, you know, but you're not uh, sort of hurting the players. But they, they they do still get to play in the competition uh, that they're playing in. So maybe that is something that can be done. So I mean, you, that I, I think that's that's the best solution that I can come, that I can come up with right now. But you know if you have something better. Put it in the comment section, put it, you know, suggested, you know, there's, there's lots of things that I'm sure we can come up with as fans as well and think about that. So maybe that is something that can be done. Um, other than that, uh, I mean, I mean that's, that's one point, obviously, looking at that. The, the other thing I think is look at how this thing came about. And I, I do believe that UEFA has been too bending over backwards just to, to sort of help the big clubs. And this has been going on for a long, 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 long time. Again, it's been going on for 30 years where they've been bending all backwards to, to appease the big clubs. And what's been happening is the big clubs have just been wanting more and more and more and more. And eventually got to a point where they wanted more and UEFA probably, they wanted more than UEFA could even do. And uh, you know, that's where they've come. So I think they need to now look at, it. do we really want to help these big clubs, You know, knowing that they're going to stab us in the back anyway. Because, this, because now the Champions League format has been revised, by the way, just in case anybody missed that. And there's a new Champions League format, 36 teams. Everybody plays in one group. There's a Swiss system thing. There's two spots for teams with the highest coefficients who haven't qualified directly. I mean, you know, they're doing all of these things to bend over backwards. But why? What for? You know, and all the time, these clubs, you know, these snake clubs, they're getting richer and richer. And then they t- they're just backstabbing the leagues and UEFA anyway. So I think UEFA needs to go back. I think this is this is the point where UEFA is probably now the strongest leverage that it has over the clubs because now it knows that the clubs are a little bit you know on the back foot. So I think what they need to do is they need to they need to look holistically at the competitions. I, I think that the Champions League needs to stay the way it is. I honestly, I mean, you know, the rep, 32 teams. You want to have four teams? It's fine. Probably one two teams qualify automatically. Two teams, the third and fourth have to go into qualifiers. You've got to go back. In some ways, you've got to curb the power of the big clubs and stop giving them everything that they want, because eventually they're just going to come back and bite you anyway and Take take what they want anyway. Or they're going to try to take what you want anyway. And maybe next time the fans will be you know more supportive. Maybe next time there won't be as much pressure. We don't know what's going to happen. So uh, they've, got to, they've got to try to do that. That's, that's something that I would uh, look at anyway. And I see this as a fan of a big club, by the way. I say that and I support a big club, but I, I don't like the people that run it. I don't. And as a fan, we, we we support the club. We don't necessarily support the people in charge. So, you know, there's got to be some, something that I love competition. I mean, I, I, I'm a football fan. I think I said this yesterday, but as a football fan, the real feeling, you know, you feel two emotions. You feel joy when you see your team has won something and you feel, you feel sad when your team loses uh, the opportunity to win something, but then you also feel joy or relief at the fact of escaping some sort of consequence or you feel sad knowing that, you know, there's a consequence that's coming and they wanted to remove that. They wanted to take that away from us. They wanted to take our emotions away from us. They wanted everybody to feel, you know, that that's not how it works. And as a fan, that's not how it works. Um, but uh, I mean, my final thoughts, I think uh, is, is uh, f- I mean, you know, you looking back, I, I think uh, I have to talk about uh, what, uh, what 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 uh led to this i mean what has, has what has uh driven this sort of greed and what is uh what has really uh, you know come out of this whole this whole episode i guess and that's an ordeal i mean it's, it's been a tiring ordeal to tell you what and i've not even been on my group but i mean just just talking to people you know debating with people on, on social media listening to articles i mean it's just exhausting you know just being in that position of being a fan it's been exhausting i can only imagine what it is for all of us and for people who are actually, you know, in charge of this whole mess, I mean, what must it be like for them? But, um, you know, what, what what is the fallout from this? And what exactly are the lessons that, that people can learn from this? I think the biggest thing that, that I said football wins. And I think that's very important is that this is a win for football fans. I think this is a win that shows that football fans still have some power over their clubs. That ultimately, even, even though we are being marginalised, and I say this because I include myself in that we're all being marginalised from our football and supporting our football clubs. And I know I'm not, you know, and I know that I'm not a person who was born, you know, within the community where the football club was formed. I am an international football fan, we, just, we get a bad name and all of that. But the fact is we still support the club. We, you know, we stay, we used to buy the subscriptions to watch, you know, the Premier League or the Champions League on, on TV and they would get money from that. And we still, you know, we still do that. So they, we still, you know, give support our club in some ways. You know, sometimes you buy the jerseys as well. Some of us, you know, we do buy jerseys as well for the club. So we do support the club in some ways. Um, you know, but the fact is that more and more we have been, we have been marginalized uh, and uh, there needs to be some, there needs to be a hard look at, uh, at what, you know, ex- you know, what I'm saying, there needs to be a hard look at it. We need to, we need to believe that we still have the power and then football still needs to believe that it's for the fans. I think a lot of people have got caught up in this whole UF, is U F A corrupt? UF is corrupt, so why are we supporting UF? Uh, you know, the clubs are corrupt, why are we supporting the clubs? I think, I think those two, they exist to serve the fans, right? That, that's the main thing that UEFA is only there to govern the game, to regulate the game so that it's a better experience for the fans. And at the same time, the clubs are there, you know, they are there to to provide a product that is good for the fans. I, I think somewhere it got lost that the UEFA, you know, does UEFA serve the clubs? The clubs serve the UEFA? No, they don't. They support the fans. The fans are the ones that need that. Uh, they're the ones that, that the game is for. And, um, you know, I think that's been lost, but I think that's going to come out of this. And I think that is something that hopefully the stakeholders of the game will understand that you don't just screw with the fans. I think the fans should understand that we can't be screwed with and that we've got a voice and we've got to express it. We've got to use it whenever and wherever we feel that it's appropriate to do so. Whether it's right or it's wrong, we've got to do it. And I think that's something that that hopefully comes out of this. I mean, some of the comments um, over the last two days, this one the likes of Rayola, the likes of Agnelli. I mean, the people talking about Agnelli, I remember saying that the start with 90 minutes is not is, is too long for a football game. I mean, how you know, so you so, what do you mean 90 minutes is too long for a football game? I mean, that's why I say, well, I mean, you know, people say test cricket is too long because last five days and then people rather watch, you know, 90 minutes game football. I mean, what is a small game? You want 20 minute, 10 minute Kip-Up games? Is, is that what we're looking at? I mean, there's Dr. Agnelli who's saying that he wants to have 15 minutes you know, sort of on-demand streaming of 15 minute, you know, matches basically. Basically, you would you could go to Amazon and you could pay for 15-minute clips of the last 15 minutes. Because apparently, that's all young football fans can can watch. That they can't watch anything else. They only want to watch 15 15 minutes of football. I mean, it's 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 madness how people find creative ways to. Uh, this, you know to try and, and engineer some excitement or something? The reason why people are not interested in football, if young people are not interested in football, has nothing to do with Fortnite. It has nothing to do with uh, the games being too long. It has to do, to do with the fact that you have killed a, a product, killed. Uh, your leagues to the point of, to the point of uh, extinction, to the point of the fact that they're so uncompetitive. I mean, who, what young person would want to watch a football match where he or she already knows that, uh, that, you know, Juventus are going to win the league title nine times out of 10. I mean, you have, you know, and, and I include the Bundesliga in this. I mean, Bundesliga no stands. Yes, they still out of the in Super League and Bayern about to win another league title. I mean, you know, where is the competitiveness in that? Why would anybody, why would anyone Want to watch the Bundesliga why would anyone want to be a fan of a Bundesliga club aside from Bayern where they know Bayern are going to win it and Bayern fans themselves are probably going well they win it every year no no big no big deal why should I watch it and why would anyone be a fan of Roma or be a fan of uh, uh Napoli you know why would anyone support those clubs when when they know that those teams are never and have no chance ever of winning the league title or winning trophies right I mean like it or not you know you're trying to attract a casual fan base with the promise of trophy with the promise of exciting football you know, why would anyone want that? Why would anyone? Why does anyone want to watch a game between Juventus and, uh, you know, Vicenza, for example, when they know Vicenza has no chance of beating Juventus because Juventus have decimated the league? I mean, the fact is that there's so many dead rubber games and so many uncompetitive games. That's where football is in danger. You know, there's all this, you know, you've got to believe in yourself that, you know, that you've got to believe that, you know, the underdog can win. may not win. And most of the times they don't win, but you've got to have that feeling and they don't have it. So, you know, killing your own league and then crying foul is not exactly the way to go. So I mean, it, it's it's just it's just a mockery, and I'm I'm glad that these people are getting out of the game. I'm I'm glad that football is getting rid of these people. I don't know the people who will come next are going to be better. Uh, history tells us that they are not going to be much better than what is there before. But at least you know the less the more leeches we can get out of the game. I think the better that is. But um, I mean, what are your thoughts on, on this? You know, whole ESL madness. You know that has happened, and hopefully we can now see the end of this, uh, and hopefully with this light at the end of the tunnel for this whole ideas to get lost and i did post a thread by the way which is very interesting on twitter i did post it on twitter and facebook if you haven't checked it out do check it out uh, it's a wonderful thread about uh, inclusion and, and unconscious bias and, and racism you know casual racism at the bottom level so do check it out i think it's a well worth a, a thread worth reading so please do please do check it out and uh, it's on my thread it's from someone else from simon cooper actually and uh, you know, it's, it's very insightful, very interesting. But do share your comments as well. What do you think now? And what is the way forward for football? What is the way forward for these Premier League, for the Premier League, for the Champions League, for La Liga, Serie a? What is the way forward for these you know 12 clubs, you know, these 12 snakes, whatever you want to call them? What, what is the way forward for them now to, to rehab themselves and get back into the good races with the fans? Um, and, and I think you know, in general, where do you think football is headed? Uh, you know, do share in your comment section. Uh, we've got a couple of uh things planned for this week i don't know what's going to happen with the super league maybe tomorrow will bring something new so i don't know if you're going to be able to do what we planned but uh, we'll keep updated on the situation and i'll keep posting videos if new relevant information comes through that's that's important to share but uh, thank you so much for watching please smash a like if you enjoyed it and do uh, subscribe to the channel if you're new subscribe to my facebook page if you're watching this on facebook I uh, really do appreciate uh, your followers your likes and it really helps me continue to do more videos and hopefully we can keep that going so thank you so much for watching take care have a good day or night and i'll see you again soon bye 18 plus.